Hello, hello, everybody. Um, just sitting here thinking about some things tonight, and my mind is just reeling. I mean, I just, I cannot get over the amount of information that I get in each week, and just how mind-blowing all of this is. It is just, something hit me tonight, the realization that you know, we you know, we hear stories about Bigfoot, we hear stories about dogmen, goatmen, you know, skinwalkers, all this stuff, and I don't think we realize that it's real. <laughs> I mean that it's really real. You know, and I was listening to somebody tonight that was talking about unseeing some of this stuff, like they said that they were trying to talk sense into this one person that was, you know, really wanting to hunt and look for dogmen and Bigfoot, but mainly dogmen. They just, they said just their, their mind was so curious and they really just wanted to do this and, and find out for themselves and see it with their own eyes, even if it meant they could die from it. And this other person was like, you know, you don't want to do this. Like, this is something you, once you see this creature, you can't unsee it. Like, your mind is broken forever. Like, it's just never, ever, ever the same again. Sorry there, guys. I had a brief interruption. <clears throat> My son was coming down the steps to bug me for a second there. Um... As I was saying, they were just, the, the man was telling this other man that, you know, we just, we cannot, you're just, you're, I don't know if traumatized is even the correct word for this. It's, it's like your whole world is a different place. You know, you realize that your reality and what you grew up believing as, you know, fairy tales or, you know, scary stories you know, or uh, just believing that there's a possibility you could be living in a safe world. It's just, it's not there anymore. It doesn't exist. And, you know, just going out hunting these things is just, it's crazy. I have a really, I am super excited. I was supposed to have Chandler on this week. And I should have had a podcast out on Wednesday for you. Excuse my voice here too. I've gets a little gravelly. Gets like that when I yell when I'm at my job. I'm always talking over loud music. Um, but she hasn't. She's been working so much, so she wasn't able to make it. And tomorrow night, I'm supposed to be doing an interview with Brett, who has an encounter. And I have a guest that's planning on coming on. Her first name is Robin, and I am just. I'm to the moon excited about this, to be honest with you. It is just, this woman lives around dogmen and Bigfoot and other creatures. I mean, she's seen everything you can imagine since she was about three years old. And she's probably, out of anybody in this community that I would ever want to talk to or interview, she's in like the top five, if not number one spot. So I am just ecstatic that she's agreed to come on the show. She's going on vacation, and she said next week she was going to come on. 
we could start recording next week, but she has so many stories. I mean, this could take, if I can twist her arm to do it, you know, several um, podcasts with me, several episodes, it would just be wonderful. I'm just, um, I, I just can't believe, you know, I get to talk to her. Um, she has information that she won't share on the air, um, that hopefully she'll share some with me as we talk more, but it's just real exciting for me. I wanted to read you some things tonight. Um, there's a, the Legends of the Goat Man, which they were referred to as satires, or satyrs. Um, they meant, uh, it was a creature that was half, half animal, half human, which is really, you know, kind of crazy when you think about what people are seeing. They're seeing these creatures that are, you know, they've got these, the bodies of men and the characteristics of animals or heads of animals <clears throat> covered in hair. This, uh, this is just, I don't know. I just, I just, <laughs> I just cannot believe our government has not protected us from this. I cannot believe you know, that our own government has not said, hey, these creatures exist. You guys are in danger when you're out in the forest. You're actually in danger anywhere because portals are opening up. You know, aliens are abducting people. The whole world is filled with demons, basically. And you guys are right smack right in the middle of it. And, you know, might want to give you a heads up that I mean, these things are, aliens are, are, are going through people's, you know, walls and ceilings and getting into people's houses and they're waking up in their bedroom with them standing over their bed. People have seen dogmen invisible, just their eyes hearing their growl in their room, in a corner of their room. And then it just like, as it's running out, you know, it, the whole body appears and then it just apparates through the wall. I mean, this stuff, just it's crazy that our government has not done something to alert us that this is going on. And I really feel that if they tell us that, if they come out and tell us the truth, that it basically the Bible is, is, is real. God's word is real. They have to explain this. How do you explain giants to people that you don't want to believe in God when it's in the Bible? How do you explain where they came from? How do you explain where these creatures are coming from? You know, what are they made of? What's their DNA? Fallen angel DNA mixed with a woman, a human woman? You know, explain that to the world and then try to tell them there's no God. And that's honestly, I really feel in my soul that that's exactly why they don't want us to know because it's confirming the existence of God and of the devil and the fallen angels and what the Bible says, everything we've been warned about, you know, from God, from Jesus, from the Bible, it's all there. It's right in front of us. It's just unbelievable. I mean, as if, you know, people aren't going to get together and start comparing stories. I mean, they've held it at bay long enough. I mean, how many people have been threatened, stalked, you know, and 
who knows how much worse by coming out with their stories for how many decades now. And now people are just at the point now where we're just sick of it. We're not going to put up with it. And the truth is coming out. Okay, now let's see them try to worm their way out of this. Try to explain this one away. Just like when the rapture takes place or the gathering up when Jesus returns and he takes everybody, they're going to try to spin that like it was a great alien abduction. That's exactly what they're going to do. You know, they're seeing more and more aliens. NASA's confirming, you know, that there's, you know, unidentified flying objects. They're, they're showing pictures of it now. You know, the, 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 what are they called? The SFO, the submersible flying objects. You know, they're, now they're coming out with it. It's a setup so that, you know, eventually when Jesus does return and he takes everybody, the people that are his, they have a way of explaining it then. It just, it just ticks me off. He who walks among us on cloven hooves, the goat man in legend and lore. Bear with my voice, guys. <clears throat> it's strained tonight, and I might have to take brief breaks to get drinks of water and keep chewing gum here. Imagine this. A young couple drives out to some deserted road. It is a spot that people call Lover's Lane. They park the car and turn out the lights. Then suddenly, without any warning, a great hairy thing rushes out of the woods and begins beating on the windows and doors of the car. For a moment, the couple are too surprised and terrified to do anything. Then the driver starts the car and drives away as fast as he can. Over the roar of the motor, the couple can hear the monster screaming in rage. Think of all the stories we've heard of the, you know, screams and the loud sounds in the woods, forests, wherever. <clears throat> For generations, teenagers have been frightened by cautionary tales of the shadowy beings that haunt the secluded wooded areas on the outskirts of town. An intimate ev evening spent parked along an old country road could very well attract the unwelcome company of restless ghosts, hook-handed madmen, or strange and unknown creatures, or so the legends go. Among the most timeless and terrifying of these abstinence-inducing creatures of the night is the goat man. A large, hairy, hoofed, hooved, and horned monster that has been ruining the romance all across North America since at least the 1950s and throughout history going back to ancient times. Think of all the sightings, guys. All of these sightings all across the world. This is not bull crap. This is truth. There is no way. All of these people and cultures throughout different times are seeing the same thing and it's made up. It's common sense. The horned horror of Prince George's County. For decades, eyewitnesses have reported seeing a fearsome creature described as being half man, half goat in several localities of Prince George's County. Maryland. Strange footprints, home invasions, property destruction, animal mutilations, missing children, 
and unexplained car accidents have all been blamed on the goat man, but it's his terrifying late night sexual interventions on unsuspecting teenagers that he is most infamous for. Now, everything that I just I mentioned here, missing kids, animal mutilations, property destruction, home invasions, on and on, that holds for all of these creatures. Dogmen, Bigfoot, Goatmen, Skinwalkers, you name it. It's like they're all part of the same clan, which, at the head of his truly, Lucifer himself. The first reported sighting was made in August 1957, when two witnesses claimed to have been attacked by the creature in the Fortsville Upper Marlboro area. The young couple were spending an evening parked at a local makeout spot near a dark wooded area just off the street. They were startled by a loud banging on their car hood and looked up to see a large hairy horned creature with a double-bladed axe in its hand. They would carry it, it very, very possible. They say that people have seen um, an enormous 30-foot giant coming down out of the Canadian mountains carrying a club. The creature glared menacingly at the couple before fleeing into the woods. Yeah, it glared menacingly because they hate us. All demons and anything associated with Lucifer or the fallen angels despise mankind. A few nights later, a man and his wife, who lived nearby, reported seeing a hairy wild man going through their trash. I marvel at that, the trash going through with, with these creatures. It, 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 I just marvel at it. Following these frightening encounters, members of the Upper Marlboro Fire Department and some local hunters organized a search of the area for this abominable phantom, but turned up nothing. Additional sightings were reported in the following weeks, but authorities eventually declared the whole thing to be a hoax. A few years later, a young couple were romantically involved in their car just off Zug Road in Huntington, when they observed a peculiar creature staring at them from the edge of the woods. The woman described it as a tall, ragged animal with human-like features. The legend of the Goatman grew throughout the 1960s. Teenagers were warned against parking in wooded areas at night, or else they risked a run-in with this axe-wielding beast. Sporadic sightings and encounters continued. Strange tracks turned up, pets occasionally went missing, and a lot of good campfire stories were shared. But eventually the Goatman's boogeyman grip over this community began to fade into distant memory. Of course it does. People don't want to face it. However, by the early 70s, the monster came back with a vengeance, once again raising his ugly horned head and resuming his reign of terror over Prince George's County. In April 1971, a farmer near Fletchertown Road in Huntington reported seeing a large man-like creature eating the remains of a pig. When he approached the scene, the creature ran off. In November of that year, in the town of Bowie, a 16-year-old girl was awakened in the middle of the night by her dog barking. When she looked out her window, she saw a large hairy creature walking upright and moving towards her tied-up dog. Frightened, she retreated back to her room and called for help. 
Two neighbors, armed with baseball bats, chased the creature into wood into the woods, where it disappeared into the night, giving off a high-pitched squeal while retreating. They returned to find the dog's severed head on the ground, with the rest of the carcass apparently taken by the creature. It's amazing how much they hate dogs. Dogs seem to be really victimized by all of these creatures. Most likely because they warn people, and they don't like that, but they also use them for food. They basically eat everything. The story was picked up by the Washington Post, and the legend was given new life. In 1973, a man was driving along Route 32, reportedly saw a huge beast on two legs with glowing eyes. A few years later, a woman reported seeing a grayish-brown, round-shouldered animal with reflective red eyes cross the road in front of her car on Route 198 and then step over the guardrail and disappear. And in April 1977, a Nassau engineer witnessed a Bigfoot-type creature tossing a dog onto the road at I-95 and Powder Mill Road in Beltsville. Over the next decade, there were, a numerous, there were numerous reports of the goat man attacking cars, attacking dogs, and attacking cars with dogs, throwing dogs off overpasses along stretches of Interstate 495, seems to have been a favorite pastime during the 80s, and as recently as 2000, construction workers claim to have come face-to-face with a 300-pound, 7-foot-tall furry creature that had the legs, hooves, and horns of a goat, but the upper body of a man near the town of Bowie. It seems like they go through um, spells of come out with a vengeance, do a lot of damage, they retreat. Decade goes by, come out again, make their appearances, do the damage, they retreat. That's what it's. it, it appears that this happens a lot with many of these creatures. So what is the goat man? Is he just an old scary story used by parents to keep hormone-laden teenagers in check? Or is there something more to it? There are a number of theories regarding his identity and origin. Many people believe that he is or was nothing more than an ornery old hermit clad in fur skins and armed with an axe who claimed the back roads of Prince George's County as his own personal domain and had territorial issues with the local youths. That's a great way of sugarcoating this, guys. It is not a man dressed in skins. Okay, this has been going on for centuries. Others believe it is an undiscovered woodland creature, a horned cousin of Bigfoot, maybe. Cousin is right. There are the various mad scientist theories that revolve around the U.S. Agricultural Research Center in Beltsville, Maryland. One version claims geneticists created a hybrid man-goat, which then escaped the facility and took up residence in the nearby forest. And another involves a genetic experiment going horribly wrong. It was a genetic experiment, all right. It was done by the fallen angels and the watchers. That's where it started. And I'm sure our government has continued with many, many experiments. Transforming a once mild-mannered Bruce Banner scientist into a hairy-horned hulk-like beast. Similar stories involve the Glendale Hospital, an old tuberculosis sanitarium, where local legend has it that a patient was 
experimented on and left mutilated and deformed before escaping into the woods. Okay, that sounds great, but that doesn't account for hundreds of years, hundreds of cultures seeing these things. Come on, get real. And then there are the God-fearing Christian folk who believe he is no less than the devil himself. The goat man across America, a few hundred miles to the west of Prince George's County, is another goat-horned beast. The Pope Lick monster is said to haunt the area around an old train trestle in Jefferson County, Kentucky, just outside of Louisville. Sighting of the sightings of the monster go back to the 1950s when some Boy Scouts were chased from their camping spot on the banks of the Pope Lick River by a screaming beast that threw rocks at them. Like the Maryland Goatman, this Kentucky cousin is known to attack young couples who trespass in his domain and has been blamed for mysterious livestock mutilations that have occurred on farms in the surrounding area. Additionally, he is said to be responsible for a number of deaths by teenagers who have jumped from the 100-foot-high trestle using either hypnosis or voice mimicry to lure trespassers onto the trestle to meet their death bef before an oncoming train. There was a story this week that came out about a father who had his son out in the woods. They were hunting. And over next to these really huge boulders, boulders that he said looked really unnatural. They just looked like, it was almost like a Stonehenge-type structure-ish type thing where, you know, these giant rock formations look like they were put there on purpose, okay? And suddenly they saw a man standing there. He had a hat on, and he said he looked like he had no face. He was standing from a distance, so they couldn't make out any kind of features, but it literally looked like this man had no face. When they spotted him, the son, the son spotted him first. He started pointing to him, and the father looked, and as the son was pointing, the man dodged back behind this one boulder, but he was lifting his head up and looking over the top of the boulder at them. Suddenly the sun started gradually moving closer and closer to the man in the boulder, and the father said it looked like his son got into this hypnotic state, and he had to grab his son and kind of snap him out of this state, and he said, you know, what are you doing? And the son said he had no idea. He said he didn't even know he was walking towards the boulder like he was. He had no idea he was doing it, and they, they got out of there really quick. In Fort Worth, Texas, there is the Lake Worth Monster. The first known sighting of this creature occurred in the summer, 1969, when John Reichert, his wife, and two other couples were parked at Lake Worth late one night, and a truly vile and monstrous-looking creature came storming out of the thick branches of a large nearby tree. They're territorial. The horned monster was said to be covered with scales and fur and left behind a deep scratch across the side of the car as they, fl as they fled the scene. Police investigated the area of the attack, but turned up nothing. The Fort Worth Star-Telegram's headline the following day read, Fishy Man-Goat terrifies couples parked at Lake Worth, and the local monster hunt was on. That evening, the creature was seen running across a stretch of road close to the Lake 
Worth Nature Center shortly after a group of would-be vigilantes chased the goat man through the woods and up a rocky bluff. The panicked creature tossed an old car tire down at his pursuers who quickly retreated to safety. Sporadic sightings continue. And they travel through portals. They travel through portals. You know, going out hunting them is great. They, tra they travel through portals. There was a man that was shooting at um, a Bigfoot that was running. He, he, was, he was around his son. And the son started screaming. The man comes out with his gun. He sees a Bigfoot. It starts running towards this fence. The fence is huge. He hears a pop. It's gone. He shot at it. Literally apparated right in front of his eyes. They travel through portals. Residents of Washington County, Wisconsin, have lived with Goatman legends that supposedly date back to the mid-19th century. The original story goes that a returning Civil War veteran was traveling with his new bride in a horse-drawn wagon along the desolate Hogsback Road when an axle broke. He left his companion with the wagon while he went off for help. After hours of waiting, the bride was startled by the sound of something, of something sniffing and growling outside the wagon. She peeped out and was terror-stricken to see a dark, hairy creature with the body and head of a goat, but walking upright like a man. She hid in the wagon until the monster appeared to be gone and then ran off in the direction of her husband. She followed the footprint... She followed the footprints through the mud until she eventually came across his bloodied body hanging from a tree that was surrounded by hoof prints. Good God. Ever since then, it's said that the goat man preys on hapless drivers who get stranded on Hogsback Road and they're never seen again. Guys, this could fall for, this could go for any of them, any of the cryptids. Sightings and encounters with large hairy horned man creatures have also been reported in Alabama, Arizona, Arkansas, California, Florida, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, Missouri, Oregon, Washington, and as far north as Ontario, Ontario, Canada. You can definitely add Pennsylvania to that. You can add Minnesota, Wisconsin, I don't know, Ohio. Ohio, Michigan, and Pennsylvania are three of the major states that this stuff is seen in, that the cryptids are seen. Sex and violence throughout the ages has been prevalent with these creatures. There is a thinking in primordial images and symbols which are older than the historical man, which are inborn in him from the earliest times, eternally living, outlasting all generations, still make up the groundwork of the human psyche. That was a quote from C.G. Jung. Modern man in search of a soul. Gods suppressed become devils, and often it is these devils whom we must, whom we first encounter when we turn inward. That's Joseph Campbell. Thou art that transforming religious metaphor. It's a quote. The stories surrounding the Goatman combine the best elements of cryptozoology, folklore, and urban legend. But even more interesting is just how far back through history and across how many different cultures encounters with Goatmen have been taking place. 
the goat man can be seen as something of a mythological archetype representing both primal nature and untamed sexuality. Of course we have to make it about sexuality. Get real. From the horn, I mean everything that exists is interested in sexuality. From the horned shamanic gods of early hunter-gatherer societies to the black goat demons that haunt the superstitious, I can't talk right now, superstitious Christian mind, the concept of a supernatural horned being has been universally present in the collective consciousness throughout human history. <laughs> People that have died and have near-death encounters said that the the devil from the movie Legends, which Matt and I talked about before, the, the, the look of the devil, the devil in the movie Legend is the closest looking realistic description they've ever encountered. He has horns. It's all through the Bible. What does that tell you? The male goat, because of its reproductive prowess, has been seen as a symbol of virility, sexual potency, stamina, and creative energy in many cultures. That's great. Let's get on with it. It's always about sex. For this reason, goats have maintained a cult following, literally, that goes back to the ancient societies of Mesopotamia, who both worshipped horned gods and used male goats in their fertility rituals. In ancient Egypt, the people of Mendes, the Greek name for the ancient city of Jedet, worshipped Ta, the creator and fertility god, who is sometimes depicted with the head of a goat and the body of a human. Male goats were considered holy to the Mendesian mystery cult, and women worshippers were said to copulate with them in public fertility rituals. Likewise, in the ancient Indian sub-religion of Kamaram, there is the goat-headed god, I can't pronounce some of this, but I'm going to try, Nagamisa, worshipped as a fertility god, specifically in granting sons to infertile women, and dualistically feared as a demon who abducted and injured children. Shocking. As sexuality was often interconnected with nature, so too was the goat. The goat gods and nature spirits were seen as lords over the wild, chaotic and dangerous side of the natural world, and in many folk traditions they were thought of as both tricksters and hunter gods, combining mischievous and cunning characteristics with sometimes violent and predatory tendencies. This is interesting. Pan the god of nature, fertility, sexuality, and hunting in Greek mythology has often been referenced alongside the goat man legends. He was depicted as a wild hairy creature with the horns and cloven hooves of a goat and a primal lust that was insatiable. Like most nature gods, he had a dark side too. Pan the hunter and pursuer. As protector of the wilderness, he was prone to violence at times, attacking those who passed through his realm without warning. Ancient Greek shepherds also believed that when their herds suddenly scattered in fear without apparent reason, it was Pan who frightened them. This is where the word panic comes from, and notably the word pandemic. Chaos. Dionysus 
sometimes called he of the black goat, and the nocturnal one was another horned god in the Greek pantheon, representing fertility, intoxication, and ecstasy. Like Pan, this god also had a dualistic dark side. Un well, of course it did. They're demons. Underneath the light-hearted revelry often associated with Dionysus was a bipolar personality of savagery, madness, and the destructive forces of nature. Give me a second here. The cults who worshipped him were known for their frenzied dances, drunken orgies, and acts of sparagmos, a form of ritual sacrifice where animals, most often goats, were mangled and dismembered and the raw flesh consumed. Boy, the demons have run rampant among humankind. The goatish wild nature spirits who served Pan and Dionysus were known as satyrs, part human and part bestial. They were commonly represented as having bristly hair, upturned noses, pointed ears, horse-like tails, and the horns of a goat, wild, drunk, lewd, and possessing an unbridled, an, an unbridled libido. They roamed the remote mountainous and wooded glens on the eternal prowl for nymphs and occasionally mortal women to procreate with and also to wreak destruction on mankind. Remember this. I want to read to you some quotes from the Bible. The mention of satires. Satyrs, whatever. During Roman times, the satyr became conflated with the fawn, a half-human, half-goat follower of the pagan nature deity Faunus, often referred to as the Roman Pan. Like the satyrs, the fawns were considered place spirits of the untamed forests and inspired fear in men traveling in lonely, remote, or wild places. Guys, this is literally describing what's going on. I'm going to try to pronounce this one too. Veles was a horned nature god in Slavic paganism, originally known as the master of the forest in the Neolithic era. He presided over the souls of wild animals that were killed by hunters. In later eras, he was the god of harvest, horned animals, death, and the underworld. He was also known as a trickster god and associated with music and magic. Like all horned pagan gods, Veles eventually became identified with the devil when the Slavs became Christianized during the Middle Ages, as he should be identified with the devil. Further east, in Chinese folklore, there was Yang Jing, a goat-like nature god who ruled over the remote and sparsely settled mountainous regions. Peasants would make sacrifices to him to protect their livestock and harvests against predators and worshipped him as a god of fertility and sexual potency. Horn gods and spirits appear often in Celtic folkloric traditions. Cernunos, Cernunos is one of the horn gods that date back to prehistory, as evidenced by the dancing shaman in the Troy Frere cave painting in southern France. 
He was a worship he was worshipped by the Celts as the Lord of Wild Things or Master of the Hunt, and in addition to being the protector of the untamed natural world, also represented male virility, sexual prowess, and power. The Glaistig was a forest goddess in both the Scottish Highlands and Ireland, who was said to have the upper half of a woman and the lower half of a goat, and known to throw stones at travelers and lead them astray from their paths. In Irish folklore, there was the Bokanok goat horn spirits that haunted battlefields who would make high-pitched shrieks at night. I'm going to really emphasize this because of the high-pitched shrieking that goes on all across the world that people hear constantly with Bigfoot, Dogmen, the Rake, Goatmen, all of it. And the the Puka were shape-shifting goblins, often appearing as goat-like creatures that resided in the rural areas of Wales and Ireland who were believed to tear down fences, attack livestock, trample crops, and generally do damage around remote farms. Many farmers would leave a small portion of the season's harvest in the fields as pukas share to placate the hungry creatures. I'm not going to lie, I would probably have done the same thing. In the Jewish tradition is the story of the Watchers, the fallen angels who were cast out of heaven. In the book of Enoch, a very important book for everybody to read. I cannot emphasize this enough. Jubilees, Enoch, Dead Sea Scrolls, get your hands on copies of it. It's, it's on YouTube. It can read it to you. Extremely important to read these books. There is a reason these books were removed from the Bible, and it wasn't removed by God. Okay? It was our government, Lucifer. They did not want us to have this knowledge. Important. Anything that's been hidden from us is extremely important to find it and read it and educate yourself. In the book of Enoch, the leader of the Watchers is Azazel. He was the one, Azazel was the one who fell. He was the leader. He was the one who ultimately fell in love with human women. And he talked the other Watchers into falling, 200 of them, to fall with him. He said he didn't want to, basically didn't want to take the blame and fall himself. And they took wives. They bred with them and gave birth to the giants. And then they start experimenting on creating creatures of nightmare. Half human, half animal. And they did a lot of damage here. He is chained under the Euphrates River, alive today, waiting for Judgment Day. Although he's already been judged, but he's chained. So the leader of the Watchers is Azazel, and the fallen angels around him are referred to as the Serim or he-goats. These goat demons walk the earth at night, lusting after women and spreading sin among men. Like the Jews before them, the Christians would vilify the worship of, pa of pagan gods, particular particularly deities associated with nature and fertility. Well, because it means it's sexual sin. In the Gospels, Jesus compares sinners to goats, proclaiming, Depart from me, accursed ones into the eternal fire which has been prepared for the devil and his angels. By the 11th century, depictions of demons 
and devil figures started to take on goatish features, usually appearing naked and hairy to symbolize sexuality, wildness, and anim animality. During the witch hunts, it was not uncommon for accused witches under forced confession by church officials to claim to have communicated or copulated with a devil in the guise of a goat, often described as filthy, stinking, and black, while engaging in rituals that were reminiscent of ancient Dionysian and panic rites. I'm a little tired tonight. It is literally, it's it's 4 o'clock in the morning, 4.44, and I'm doing this podcast because I couldn't sleep, so just hang in there, guys. I, I just kind of want to let you know if I'm talking a little slower or, you know, whatever. It's it's just, it's late or early, depending how you want to look at it. Um, there are also the Native American traditions that speak of skinwalkers, individuals with the supernatural ability to transform themselves into various animal entities, including coyotes, wolves, bears, crows, and goats. In traditional Navajo culture, which is where the skinwalker skinwalkers originated from, was the Navajo the I can't talk Navajo um, tribe. That's where skinwalkers originated from. The oh, this is going to be a good one to pronounce. <laughs> Bear with me here on this one. Yinaldluski, with it he goes on all fours. Is a type of skinwalker who, like the werewolf of European traditions, attains their shape-shifting powers through black magic. Give me one second. I'm going to get a sip of water here. In bestial form, oh, I can't believe i got to say this name again. Uh, the Yinald Luski. You always wonder who makes up these names, don't you? Sometimes when I'm reading the Bible, <clears throat> I will... The names in the beginning, you know, they go through in Genesis, especially. Boy, the names, it's just like, how did these people come up with these names? Seriously. So these beasts, the bestial form of this creature are said to dig up graves, steal livestock, attack people, and even commit murder. A goat-like skinwalker is mentioned in Cacan native legends and has been used by generations of parents to scare children into not wandering around the reservation after nightfall. You wouldn't run, want to run around and reservation. That's where, I mean, these people live out in the wilderness along, you know, among these creatures. Back in Maryland, the Piscataue tribe once worshipped and feared Oki, a shape-shifting spirit described as a monstrous-looking devil who roamed the dense forest. Could this be the original Goatman of Prince George's County? I wanted to share that with you. Now, I was telling you to remember what I was talking about, about satires. Satires in the Bible have been mentioned. There's even a pagan goddess Venus riding a satire. Satires appear only twice in the King James translation of the Old Testament, both in the book of Isaiah. We get the name of this creature from the Hebrew word, seer. Seer, other than rendered as satire, is also translated as hairy in Genesis 27, 11, 
23, etc. Goat. Leviticus 4.24, 9.15, a kid of the goats. Genesis 37.31, Leviticus 4.23, and even devils. Leviticus 17.7, in other places in scripture. Isaiah 13.21 reads, But wild beasts of the deserts shall lie there. And their houses shall be full of doleful creatures, and owls shall dwell there, and satires shall dance there. Owls are notorious for being used in the occult. The wild beasts of the desert shall also meet with the wild beasts of the island, and the satire shall cry to his fellow. The screech owl also shall rest there, and find for herself a place of rest. That's in Isaiah thirty four fourteen. That is crazy. The only characteristics of satires mentioned in scripture is their ability to dance is in Isaiah thirteen twenty one and cry out is thirty four fourteen of Isaiah. I'm just give me a second here, I'm just I'm gonna reviewing something here. Some biblical commentaries based on the use of, of satire in other, wor in other parts of God's word believe these two verses refer either to mythological beasts or to the wild or shaggy goat people. Some translations of the 21st verse of Isaiah 13 do support the supposition that satire is better translated as goat man. But desert creatures... Creatures will lie there, jackals will fill her houses, there the owls will dwell, and there the wild goats and satires will leap about. Isaiah 13.21 In mythology, satires were half human and half animal. <clears throat> they possessed the head of a man with horns and the torso of a human, but had the legs and feet of a goat. Evidence suggests that satire used in chapters 13 and 34 of Isaiah has a deeper meaning than merely referencing goats or even animals. It references mythological satyrs. The, myth, the Living Bible translation of the verses in question hints at the meaning. The wild animals of the desert will make it ancient Babylon their home. The houses will be haunted by howling creatures. Ostriches will live there, and the demons and satires will come there to dance. Isaiah 13.21 The wild animals of the desert will mingle there with wolves and hyenas. There the night monsters. There the night monsters will scream at each other, and the demons will come. Isaiah 34.14 That's crazy. The, there the night monsters will scream at each other. Guys, it's these people that are they're catching the stuff on video. It's just screaming and hollering and noises. They'll scream at each other and the demons will come. Boy. I'm telling you what. Some of this stuff is crazy. So. I wanted to share that with you. I have to check my time here. I'm, I'm kind of running out of time. I wanted to share a story with you about a dogman encounter. I don't have a lot of time here. 
and I'm going to pick up with this next week, I'm, or in a couple days, I'm going to read um, some more of some of this stuff to you, because I want, I really want you guys to be educated, and understand that, you know, we are, we're living in a really crazy world, and our government is not here to protect us, it's just not, so this, um, one of the dogman encounters, I follow other channels and I love them. And that's how I got started with this. And some of this, these guys, we even talk, we've been on, you know, people have, um, been planning to do some things together, like get together and join forces. And, you know, I've been on uh, a couple of the other channels and you just, it kind of becomes a, a community, you know, I've talked to David Polites, I've just, you know, it, it, it really is a community of people that get together. It's like a family. And one of the shows this week, I'm going to do this quickly because like I said, I'm, I'm running out of time here. <clears throat> there was a story of these two young guys that were hunting together. They hunted all their lives and they went out and they went to this guy's, it was his land. It was his parents' land <clears throat> and they were hunting on it and they'd hunted on it for years. It was, it wasn't new. So it wasn't like a new place, you know, done this many times and they were out there and they were walking along broad daylight and they suddenly look over and they literally see what they think is a werewolf and they're just in disbelief they're 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 literally looking at each other talking looking at this this be this creature that's flanking them and he's about not quite seven foot tall he's like a six foot tall six four tall dog man and they're just absolutely frightened to death. Like they have no idea what's going on. They don't, they can't wrap their mind around what they're looking at. No idea what's going on. No idea what this creature is. Suddenly it kind of falls behind them and they think it's gone, but it isn't. It, it literally jumped from behind them somewhere and it came to in front of them and it, it like jumped, it hurtled over them and landed in front of them and stood there looking at them. They stop dead, looking at this creature, not having any idea what to do. They're young guys, you know, so they're just like, just in disbelief. I mean, I can't even describe, when you put yourself in their shoes, what they must have been feeling and thinking at that moment. This dog man is all, is, he's all black. <laughs> so they, they just are like, oh my God, what do we do? And then... So they, they shifted direction. They started walking kind of away from it and around it. And it, and it continues to flank them, but it kind of starts letting them move away from them. You know, it's like, it's like the dog man's like walking around them, but it's kind of keeping more of a distance at this point. And it's almost like it's taunting them. Like, you know, they, they don't understand why it's doing this, like why it's, what its intentions are, you know, what it's doing, what it is, you know, why they're going through this, you know? So the one says to the other, he said, they get closer to the car and they're trying to get to the car. They're trying so hard, you know, to get up to their car and they get like maybe so many feet away from the car. And the one says to the other, you know, I'm faster than you. I'm going to start breaking into a run and I'm going to try to get to the car so I can get to you, you know, get back to you. And the other one's like, okay, that's cool, you know, but not cool. Like I'm going to be standing here and I don't know if this creature is going to start chasing you or it's going to take me because I'm left alone. You know, didn't really know what to do here, but he says, I'm, I'm going for it. 
So he breaks out into a run. He gets to the car. He looks, turns around immediately. There's nothing. The, the dog man's nowhere to be found. They don't see it. It's just gone. He gets in the car, gets up to his buddy, gets him in the car. They get back to the cabin. They're both just in shock. They don't say a word on the way there. You know, they get to the cabin. They just start, you know, talking like crazy, going, what was that? You know, what the hell was this thing? You know, what have we just seen? All this stuff. So they're there for a couple of days. And finally, the one gets up. The one guy, he actually became a prison guard. The other one's a school teacher. He says he's not letting this fairy tale creature stop him from, you know, hunting. He's not going to let him ruin his hunting time. He's going out. And the other one's like, you're nuts. And he, But he lets him go. He said, I'm not going. The other guy's like, I'm going. So he goes out. He's in a stand. And the other guy's like, you know, worried about him. But it's nighttime when he goes out. It's still dark. And he has this tree stand. And he has it. So he's hollowed out this tree. It's like this really gigantic tree. The tree trunk is, it's, you know, it's, it's dead. But he hollows it out. And he makes it so his, his, he's got a tree stand in this tree. He said it just he really liked this because he, they, they got to the point where, you know, they just kind of got themselves situated in, in ways that they liked their tree stand set up. And he liked his this way. So he kind of has the tree stand kind of up in, but it's kind of inside the tree. But it's got, you know, places where he can see out of it and maneuver himself out of the top of it. So it's basically like a doorway in the trunk goes up into his tree stand, hooked on stuff, and then his head and stuff are sticking out. So he can kind of disguise himself. It's it's a great, it's really a great um, visual on how to, you know, kind of stay incognito there. So he said he hears something, doesn't think anything of it, and I guess this guy's a big snacker. He loves to eat beef jerky. He, he's His friend said he's constantly snacking on stuff. All of a sudden, the guy in the cabin, his other friend, says, or his friend, not his other friend, but his, his friend that's back at the cabin waiting for him, says he, hear, he hears him screaming, screaming his butt off, comes flying in the door, just looking like, you know, he's been through the war. And he's like, what in the world happened? What happened? He said, he said, the dog man, he's up in his tree stand, not thinking anything of it. He looks down. The dog man has his head in his lap looking up at him. He freaks out. He starts flipping out, moving around, scared shit, you know, crapless. Said he starts shooting at it. Misses two times. He shoots shoots at it three times. As he's shooting, the dog man takes off into a dead run. He said one of the bullets hit him. He knows it hit him. This guy's a really good shot. He said his friends his friend said that he was surprised he even missed it at all. So this thing, they must move fast for him to miss it. He said, because this guy is an accurate shot. Give me a second, gotta get a water. He said that they lay low. They're in the cabin. They don't go out. Next day, he goes out, and he asked his friend, he said, were you snacking? Like, were you out there eating beef jerky, or what were you doing? <clears throat> and he said, yeah, he said he was in mid-bite of eating a beef jerky when he looked down, and this dog head's looking up at him, has his face in his lap, and his hand, like, on his one leg. <laughs> Looks like he's basically begging for food. 
This must have been a juvenile dog man because it wasn't that tall. And it actually seemed kind of friendly. And I'm going to, I mean, I have to say this. It didn't, it, I mean, all the encounters, you know, the, not all the encounters, but the encounter that it had with it the day before, or the couple days before, and then this encounter, and this thing didn't attack it or attack them. This dog man was not, it didn't seem like it was a bad dog man. I can, that's all I can say. Up until the point where they shot him. Now they probably turned it into a killing monster. But they never saw it again after that. But he said that they went out the next day. And they went looking for the other bullet. They were trying to see if he really, if he really, if he really got it. If he shot it. <clears throat> he said that they found the two bullet casings. Um, the other one they found, the third one was up there in, in, it was encased in meat. That's what they called it. It was flesh. This dog man had bent down. It had, it had, it had the intelligence to rip the bullet out of its arm or leg or wherever he hit it, actually ripped it out of its body, meat and all, flesh and all. And then it scooped down. They could see where it scooped this handful of mud and packed its wound. And it left. And they never saw it again. It was a fascinating encounter. I had to share it with you. Um, the only thing I was left with with that was feeling that you have this creature that was obviously not unfriendly. Not that its intentions wouldn't turn. Not saying that it was, you know, going to be their best friend or anything. But I just was left with the feeling that you might have potentially taken a friendly dog man and now turned it into a dog man that now hated humans and had had it in for human beings. And that, that part of it really made me sad that, you know, they could have turned it like that. I mean, we don't know. Maybe it would have turned into hating humans anyway, you know, or maybe not. I don't know. There are so many stories of friendly dogmen, dogmen that help, that help people, dogmen that fight in our military forces, you know, and dogmen that are absolute killers. And same with Bigfoot. The ones that kill, they are cannibalistic, and ones that pull people out of car wrecks and, and you know, and protect people and, and watch over them. They're just like human beings. There's good and there's bad. So the problem is with us is that when you encounter one, you don't know if it's bad or not, you know, unless it's really making it clear that it's bad, you know, or clear that it's friendly, but it's really hard to read them. And they're so powerful. They're so enormous. And I mean, they're just, you know, they're killing machines if they want to be. So what do we do? You know, but it, I thought it was a good story. I hope you enjoyed the show. I'm going to, um, I'll continue on with reading some more about the biblical um, version of what I was uh, reading to you. I just, I can't, you know, I, I usually don't go. I try to keep my podcast at like 35 minutes, 45 minutes. Sometimes I go up to an hour, but um, I don't want to drag it on too much. So I will reconvene here at another time. And I'm supposed to have, uh, like I said, have Brad on tomorrow. And hopefully Chandler on soon. I'm um, I'm counting on it. I'm, I'm excited to hear uh, her and Paul's stories. So you guys have a wonderful evening. You stay safe. Say your prayers. You know, just remember, you know, whatever happens, 
Call on God, whether you're a believer or not. God bless you guys. Take care.